بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على خاتم النبيين على اله وصحبه اجمعين السلام عليكم ورحمه الله وبركاته الحمد لله سبحانه وتعالى always because he is the only true deservers of thanks all of the thanks of human being as he سبحانه وتعالى the only one who gives the things that human being really needs continuing where we have started last week discussion of on the chapter number 32 talking about the fear of Allah Taala and how that a Muslim must make this fear only for Allah Taala to avoid having polytheism and we said that in order to understand the ayat of Allah Taala in the holy book of Allah Taala Quran and the hadith of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam about the case of, the, of this case which is fear we have to divide fear into at least two types just to make it easy that there is a fear of worshipping a fear that is only for Allah wa ta'ala that should be for Allah only and if anybody gives any part of this fear to someone other than Allah then he is falling into polytheism the other fear which is the natural fear fearing a wild animal, fearing an enemy, fearing, fearing a fire, so on, and that's allowed in no problem. And Rasulullah mentioned that in his holy book about Musa alayhi salam, when he said, فَأَوْجَسَ فِي نَفْسِهِ خِيفَةً مُوسَى So, fearing something which is natural, that's no problem, but fearing someone other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the case of ibadah worshipping, this is a major shirk a Muslim should really be, should be really aware of. So not to fall into it. We mentioned last week the two ayahs. Then the third ayah. Uh, for the brothers who have in the book. Notice that there's a typical mistake. Uh, they said Allah. May Allah be pleased with him. And that's incorrect. Of course. This is only for Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. But this is not for Allah. That's a mistake in here. So Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. The Almighty. Should be, he said and should be meaning also in here because the whole book does not mention the word meaning and we said before that we cannot translate Quran and we cannot say that Allah said and we said it in English because Allah never said it in English Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or Muhammad wa never said his hadith in English or in any other language so if we want to say that Allah said in any other language than Arabic then we say meaning or the meaning of it which means and so on to يعني, avoid falling into lying to Allah or lying to Rasulullah by saying that he said something and he did not say it. So this ayah tonight inshallah is continuing where we have started for the third ayah on this chapter. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in this ayah وَمِنَ النَّاتِ مَنْ يَقُولُ آمَنَّا بِاللَّهِ وَبِالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ وَمِنَ النَّاتِ مَنْ يَقُولُ آمَنَّا بِاللَّهِ فَإِذَا أُوذِيَ فِي اللَّهِ جَعَلَ فَتَنْتُمْ نَاتِكَ عَذَابِ اللَّهِ This ayah is talking about some people who say that they are mu'mins, believers. Of Allah wa ta'ala and the judgment day and so on but when they are hurted by people when they suffer from people they make this torture like the fitna of Allah wa ta'ala like what Allah wa ta'ala has pushed them with which is the big difference in here fitna from Allah wa ta'ala is not the same as the torture or يعني, suffering from human beings because human beings, whatever they have, they have only because Allah allowed them. 
that will come to inshallah in the next hadith we'll talk about which is the hadith after that but whatever we are suffering in this dunya from people from others is only because Allah allowed that and Allah allowed that for a, 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 a big wisdom a great wisdom yani Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not lift down his awliya he does not he doesn't subhanahu wa ta'ala put down his good mu'mins but he subhanahu wa ta'ala may allow the enemies of Islam the enemies of Muslims to hurt a Muslim why? because there is a big wisdom who is better than Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa nobody no human being is better than Muhammad sallallahu alayhi although still Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowed the kafirin to hurt him by calling him bad names by hurting him by rocks by putting bad things on his back and so on does that mean that Allah Taala does not like Muhammad Astaghfirullah. No, of course not. But that is part of this life. Allah Taala told us in His holy book, in Surah Al-Ankabut, the ayah which we mentioned, Alif Lam Mim Ahasib Al-Nas Ayyutraku Ayyakulu Amanna Wahum La Yustanun Walaqad Hatamna Al-Ladina Min Qablihim. So fitna here, trail is going to face every person in this life, kafir or a mu'min. But a mu'min when he faced this trail, this fitna, he remembered that this is from Allah by any means. Whether from Allah directly, like tragedies, death, losing money, losing children, and so on, or by human beings. Still he is remembering that this is fitna or trail from Allah just to show him, the person himself, how strong is he in the deen of Allah Because Allah knows. Allah does not need to make fitna for you to know to test you for himself subhanahu wa ta'ala no but he is doing this fitna for you to know yourself how strong you are in the deen of Allah ta'ala how much you're going to pay how much you're going to suffer for the sake of Allah ta'ala you may lose or any one of us may lose his money or his children or his house or even his health or his sight or his life to see how is he going to deal with this trail or fitna. So in this case, a mu'min should really put things in the correct place when he sees any problem happening to him in this life, he, take it, he put it in this fight, in this point. That, yes, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is testing me. So I should be really ready to accept this test and do my best to pass it. Because passing this test means that this person is going to Jannah. Including, including the ajr, the reward for the test. As an example, a person who loses one of his sons, as an example, which happened in the, in the, in the time of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. A person who loses his son, and he remembers that this is a fitna from Allah, a test from Allah. So he thanks Allah for anyhow, for anything, for whatever happens to him, and he knows that this is happening to, for him because Allah likes him. He wants to raise him up. In the hadith of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decides a level in Jannah for his slave, for a certain slave. But this slave is not doing enough to, re- to reach this level of Jannah. So he gives him some fitna, so he will be up. Fitna like sickness, like losing money, tragedies and so on, to raise him up. And Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told us in his hadith, إِنَّ اللَّهَ إِذَا أَحَبَّ عَبْدًا إِبْتَلَهُ 
That's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the meaning of this hadith is, Muhammad telling us that if Allah, when Allah loves a, a person, a slave of his slaves, among his slaves, he gives him more trails, more fitna. Why? And we human beings think that it should be vice versa. If Allah loves someone, he will save him always. No, it's wrong. In fact, some if ulama said that a person who does not have any troubles in his life, he is in trouble. He should check his deeds. If he is always happy, always having no tragedies, no troubles at all, then he is having a problem. Because he is, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not like him. Among this hadith, إِنَّ اللَّهَ إِذَا حَبَّ عَبْدًا إِبْتَلَهُ So in this case, upon this ayah, there is two kinds of torturing or fitna. Fitna of Allah wa ta'ala, fitna of the human beings. Some people when they face problems with human beings, they compare it or equalize it to the fitna of Allah ta'ala, so they go back and they leave their deen. Yani, he's tortured by the enemies of Allah, or by the police, or by this, but just because of his deen, then he starts to go, and say, why, do I, why do I have to do all of this? He's making da'wah, then he's facing troubles of people saying this, and they're saying bad things to him, and he's this. Say, well, like, why should I? I need to put myself into these troubles. Then he leaves. Ah, this guy is getting into this ayah. جَعَلَ فِتْنَةَ النَّاسِ كَعَذَابِ where is patience? Where is satisfaction of what Allah gives us? This is the second level. Where is thanking Allah for this fitna? This is the sub level of it. Somebody say, how am I going to thank Allah for troubles? Yes. We should thank Allah even for any tragedy you are having. Because this tragedy is good for us by any means. We may think it's bad for us, but actually, if you just dig it out, you'll find that it's good for you. Remember the story of Al-Khabr with Musa alayhi salam, when they met that child, then Al-Khabr killed him. A child? To kill a child? What is this? So Musa was so angry. Why you killed this guy? Why killed this child? He has nothing to do with it. He told him that I did not do this. In the end of the story, I did not do this because of myself. I've been told by Allah to do it. Why did, our case in here, why he was killed, he mentioned the same surah, the same ayat. That he is, if he, if Allah leaves him, that Allah gave wahi to al-khabr, that if he leaves this child to grow up, he will be so bad to his parents. So Allah decided to move him away. And he told al-khabr to kill him. But that's all about, because of wahi. Nobody can say, okay, well, why don't we practice this in our life? We don't have wahi. If someone receives wahi, say, okay, kill that guy because he's going to be... But nobody's receiving That's for sure there's no wahi coming to us. No more wahi. But Al-Khabir was a prophet in some point of view of the ulama. That he was also another prophet. Musa was a messenger, but Al-Khabir was a prophet for people who are not from Bani Israel. That's why he was not following the shari'at of Musa, which is a very important point in here, because a lot of these extremist Sufis, they say, we do not need to go to ulama or do this, even sometimes they go, they don't want to read Quran or Sunnah, they say we didn't need them. Why? Because they say we receive knowledge from Allah directly. My heart told me, Allah told me. Well, this is, uh, subhanAllah, they say this, a person who says this means that he is better than Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam.
because Muhammad did not receive wahi directly. He received wahi through Jibreel alayhi salam. This person saying, no, I received wahi directly from Allah. And when you ask him, why you say so? He said, well, Al-Khadr wants to say. You do not accept Al-Khadr's story? I said, no, of course, he should accept this because Al-Khadr was a prophet also. And he received from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wahi to do so. Allamnahu min ladunna ilma. Min ladunna means from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now who said that you receive a wahi from Allah? So how, however, the case of tragedies, the case of problems in human beings' life should be accepted from Allah Taala, because a mu'min believes that what Allah gave him is good for him. It's a big wisdom of Allah Taala for the human being. And at the same time, he should not really fear the people. And if Allah Taala allowed the enemies of Allah Taala to hurt a Muslim or a mu'min, he should not care about them. He doesn't feel afraid of them. Who are they? They are only slaves of Allah. They are under the control of Allah Taala. But Allah allows them to hurt you just because He wants to raise you up. He wants to erase the sins. He wants to raise you up in Jannah. So accept what Allah Taala gives you and go on for istighfar. Very strange story happened to Al Hasan Al Basri, rahimahullah, one of the best of Tabi'een, the one of the heads of Tabi'een. Once he was walking in the streets of Al Basra. In Iraq at that time, of course. Then he met a guy who started to shout at him and, and call him bad names. He did not answer him. He went home, he made wudu and he made turaka. In his hand, Ya Allah, forgive my sins that you made this guy come to hurt me because of this. See how, how, how he, he, he take it. They say, who is this? Who is this guy? He doesn't know that I'm Hassan al-Basri. This is the bad guy. And he said to say bad things about him. No. He went home and he asked Allah wa ta'ala to forgive. To forgive the sins that he made. That Allah wa ta'ala made this person come to torture him. Another alim. Good scholar of Islam. He said, subhanallah, whenever I made wrong thing in the sight of Allah wa ta'ala. I found the result on my animal and on my wife. Now, leave animal now to your car. If you wake up one day in the morning and you turn on your car, it's not working, say, make it so far, because you have made something that Allah did not like. That's natural. If anything happens to you in this life and you go back directly to Allah, you are on the right track. If anything happens to you in this life and you remember that you have made something wrong and you make a sighfar for it, then you are in the right track. The other one who is, whenever he's having problems, he starts to shout and make curses around and he's, then he's in the wrong track. We have always to blame ourselves for whatever happens to us because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is fair. Just subhanahu wa ta'ala, he will never be unfair with us. He loves us subhanahu wa ta'ala and he wants us to be in the right track. But we people, we people making mistakes. So we should always try to make istighfar in any mistakes we are doing. Whether we know or we don't. Sometimes we make mistakes we don't remember. So we should have istighfar a lot. That's why Muhammad Qadam told us in his hadith, well, as you remember we discussed this in the case of uh, the book of uh, purification, which is already in the, in the internet, in the website of Islam House. We discussed the case of istighfar and we said that we have to make a lot of istighfar daily because istighfar actually is really a fantastic case if you do it as Muhammad told us in his hadith, when 
أكثر من الاستغفار جعل الله له من كل هم فرجا ومن كل ضيق مخرجا ومن كل بلاء عافية الله أكبر three major cases if you make استغفار daily if trouble الله will take care of you if the problem الله will help you out if you, any, any problem you squeeze in الله will help you out to go out of it just because of استغفار And I remember our Sheikh bin Baz rahimahullah even while he is hearing the questions for fatwa he is making istighfar he is listening to the questions and he is listening to the questions now just imagine you are doing this among your family don't you think that your children, your wife, your daughters will learn from you that istighfar is something you are doing it regularly that means you are if you make istighfar so many things will come to you inshallah as Allah told us about Nuh alayhi salam when he told his people وَقُوتُ اسْتَغْفِرُوا رَبَّكُمْ إِنَّهُ كَانَ غَفَّارًا يُرْسُلِ السَّمَاءَ عَلَيْكُمْ مِدْرَارًا غير وَيَمْدُدْكُمْ بِأَمْوَالِ مَنِي وَبَنِينَ children وَيَجْعَلْ لَكُمْ جَنَّاتِ green land وَيَجْعَلْ لَكُمْ أَنْهَارًا rivers five cases you could gain just because of istighfar ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make istighfar daily every time every place anywhere you are in your car you are in your house you are in your work just make istighfar after this ayah there is a hadith he mentioned the other two hadith the first one is from Abi Sa'id radiallahu anhu Abi Sa'id al-Khudri radiallahu anhu one of the sahaba one of the best sahaba sahaba radiallahu anhu but this hadith actually is weak And same old question we have in here, why would the author bring weak hadith? Why can't he bring strong hadith? As I said before that Shaykh Rahimahullah does not bring this one hadith and depend on it. But he brings this hadith only as witness for what he has said from the ayat and the other hadith which is strong. The ulama used to do this. They bring the hadith even if it's weak. If it is having the same meaning of the ayat and if the, the other hadith just to explain, not to depend on it. Let's see this hadith. I mean, Sayyid al-Rahman said that it is said that Muhammad said, we say that it is said because we don't want to say that Muhammad said because we are not sure about that, it's weak. So it is said that Muhammad said, meaning of it, that it is of, of weakness of yaqeen, certainty. Yaqeen is one of the heart worshippings. You remember we said that worshippings could be by heart, by tongue, by body. By body is known. Doing the salah, moving, yes. By the tongue, zikr is worshipping by tongue. Then what about the heart? The heart is having its own worshippings like ikhlas, reality. Like niyyah, intention. Like yaqeel, fertility, and so on. So many things you can do by your heart which is more important than the body and the tongue worshipping. Because the heart is the leader of the body. As Muhammad told us in the hadith of Al-Na'man al-Bashir. So, uh, it is weakness of fertility if a person tries to satisfy people while he is disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or not satisfying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yani, as an example, he is doing bad things just to satisfy people, even though he knows that these bad things will make Allah angry to him. 
It's very dangerous. It's this weakness of his yaqeen or his fertility, which is part of iman, of course. Also, to thank them for what Allah gave you. That's also another one of showing the weakness of fertility. Or to say bad things about them if they does not give you. Because when they give you anything, or if they give you or there's someone else, this is the risk of Allah, not from them. Allah had a direction to give you or to give the others, or to not to give you. Yes, if they are unjust and they're taking your own rights, this is another case. But we're talking about, some people say, oh, they give this, then they start to talk about these bad, they, people bad, badly, while they should remember that the risk is coming from Allah. We should ask Allah, not the people. And when you ask Allah for risk, He, subhanahu wa ta'ala, will direct these people to come to you to give you risk. See, when, when there is deep yaqeen, deep fertility in Allah, tabaraka wa ta'ala, just ask Abdullah bin Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu anhuma used to say when I need salt I ask Allah I ask Allah first of all then I go and look for it because if Allah does not want you to have salt you will not have it even if you run all around the world if you run from Riyadh until you go back to Riyadh from the other side of earth running for salt and Allah wants, does not want you to have salt you will not have it Single halala, you cannot give unless Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants you to give. And single halala, you will take it whatever will happen to you if Allah wants you to give. Reliance, you remember, tawakkul. But again to remember that tawakkul is not only by heart and forget others. Because Muhammad Hassan told us about tawakkul and he said, لو أنكم تتوكلون على الله حق توكله لرزقكم كما يرزق الطير. تغدو خماصا وتروح بطانا آه بيض أريها من الله تفتوكل إن الله تبارك وتعالى but they're also doing the effort to gain what Allah made risk for them see the حديث تغدو the birds are going have you ever seen a bird staying in his nest the whole day going nowhere no but they are really depending and relying on Allah تبارك وتعالى so they are going to run for their risk so none of يعني both of them have to be there To rely on Allah and to work for it. So relying without working is not acceptable. And working without relying on Allah is not acceptable also. Both are wrong. Both of them have to be there. Rely on Allah, ask Allah, then go for it. Then Allah will make it for, for you, inshallah. If, if, you, if he decides that you have this. But if he doesn't want you to take it, you can't take it. You have done your best, Allah will not blame you. Then he said that the risk of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not bring it the greediness of any person who ever tries to gain any more, but he is not gaining unless Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to give him. And it will, nothing will stop the risk to the person who hates, by any means, if anybody hates, that you will gain some money tonight or tomorrow or after one month, if all human beings will try to stop you from getting this money while Allah wants you to take it, you will take it. That's the case of dependence on Allah, reliance on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The last hadith, which is narrated by Aisha radiallahu anha, which is sahih, as said by Al-Bani rahimahullah, that Rasulullah sallallahu said, meaning of this hadith, whoever seeks 
the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Evil people do, do, يعني dislike that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be satisfied with him. How is that? A person wants to satisfy Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to, be, to make him pleased with him, by doing things that people do not like. Spending money for sadaqah, for the charity, for poor, and people around and say, yeah, yeah, why you are spending your money all around? Keep something for your children, for yourself. You are not giving your children what they need. What do you mean by what they need? They want luxuries. They want more things that they do not need. It's not their need. Don't let people drag you around. Try to satisfy Allah even if they do not like it. If the wife or the children or the neighbors or the relatives say, you are a greedy guy, you are giving your money around, you are not a good controlling guy for the money, you should have some money for your children for their future. SubhanAllah, their future? This is in the hand of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Muhammad used to send the, spend the money the whole same day. When he thinks this much of gold, one, one night, one day he, he received this much of gold from some areas of this Arabian Peninsula after he was controlling them all, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He kept it in the masjid, he doesn't want to keep it at home. And he put Abu Hurairah to guard it. Next morning he spent all the money all around. This family is very poor, this guy, this Sahaba is poor, this guy is need, this need, he gave it all. He kept nothing for himself, That's why he, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, sometimes for two months, no cooking at his house. Houses, I'm saying. Not house, houses. He used to have nine houses, nine wives at the same time, and no cooking in these houses. Well, if you do this at home, you'll be in trouble. I think you'll sleep at the masjid, not at home. Nowadays, now what? This? Can you say this? Can you do this at home? You can't. Well, we're not asking people to do this now. Oh, all right. This is too far for us. We are too weak to do it. What we need people is that if you have money, enough for you and extra. No need for extras for the children. Don't give the children extras because this will, 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 will spoil them. Give this extra. Keep this extra for yourself, but not in the bank and earth in here, but in the bank and the judgment day. When you give this money to a needy person, a person who needs it truly, actually you are saving it. Listen to this story about Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Once he bought, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, a sheep. He slaughtered it, he brought it to Aisha radiallahu anha, and say, segregate it, take care of it. So Aisha radiallahu anha, cut it pieces and start to remember, okay, this family is very neat. Send them. This family is very poor. Send them. all of the sheep is gone except the hand or the ch- shoulder of it. So when Muhammad came in the end of the day, I asked, "What did you do with the sheep?" She said, "Well, it's gone all except the shoulder." He said, "Allah sallam." In the beginning of the hadith, it is all kept except the shoulder. It's all kept except the shoulder. Because shoulder we eat it and masalam khala. While what has been given is what is waiting for you in the judgment day. Why are we so greedy by keeping the money and trying to have more money in the bank, more zeros in the account? Because we are afraid from the future. La ilaha illallah. Future is in the hand of who? Hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And every child you are having, he comes with his own risk, not your risk. Sahaba, when they are getting poor, they marry. 
another wife. They say we combine our risk with her risk, so we'll be two risks together. Every child we're having, he comes not alone, but with his risk also. So why are you afraid? You will die, you will leave them. One of the good Sahabiyat, a lady Sahaba, when she was told that her husband is killed in jihad, shaheed, when some Sahabiyat asked her, what are you going to do? Your husband is done. How are you going to live? She said, Subhanallah. He went with his risk, we stayed with our risk. What's the problem? So, why are we trying to satisfy people if even this is against the desire of Allah Taala? Why are we trying to satisfy people why Allah does not like that? It should be the eyes the other way around. By satisfying Allah Taala, even if people do not like it. So what? That we give an example only on the case of the giving the money. I'm talking about so many examples also. At work, your colleagues or your manager will be angry with you because in time of Adhan you leave work and go for, for Salah. And he starts to nag to you and you are Rashad, you are making Taraweeh at work. You know Taraweeh, right? Some people think, okay, he's taking two hours in Salah. Not two hours, he's just going after Adhan, should we should stop. Yani after Adhan, there is a call for Salah, we should go and make Uru and make arrangements for, for Salah, then we go for Salah, after Salah we finish and we come back. No, they don't want you to do this. So what? Who cares? Who cares what they want? We should care what Allah wants. And when we satisfy Allah, when Allah is happy with us, He will make the others happy with us. And if they are not happy with us, happy with me. As you say usually, you know, this is the only Arabic word that is very famous among people. Only Allah is the one we are supposed to watch His satisfaction. How can we satisfy The Muhammad is telling us here that if you satisfy Allah, even if people do not like it, Allah will be satisfied with you and He will make people satisfied with you. The other way around, whoever tries to satisfy people, even if this will make Allah angry, Allah will, will be angry with him and He will make the others also, the people, angry with him. So, our aim in here is lost. Now this person is trying to satisfy his manager or general manager and he is leaving for a time just because the manager is there and he wants some work to be done quickly. We will say, Salah Ba'dian, inshaAllah. Now he satisfies the manager, yes, or the general manager, but he, did, he disobeyed Allah Ta'ala. Believe me, believe me, this manager one day will be so angry with this person, maybe he will fire him. I will not give him uh, upgrading or promotions in his work, because Allah did not like that. So we have to be careful. Yes, we are not supposed to be harsh, of course. When the manager comes to me in the time of Salah, uh, do this, I will say, Salah, wahra, 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 there's a dan. Use, use diplomacy in this case, no problem. You can explain, okay, I'll do this, inshallah, just, 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 now we go for Salah. But do not obey him. If you say, no, no, khali Salah ba'dir. La habibi, khali Salah ba'dir, khali anta ba'dir. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the great one. He, if you satisfy him, he'll take care of you. If the others do not satisfy him, satisfy people, then he will make these people against us. Because he is controlling the hearts of human beings. As Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam told in the hadith, Al-Qulub bayna usba'in min asabi al-Rahman yukallibuha kayfa yasha. Hearts are between two fingers of Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala, move them the way he wants. So if this person is happy with you because you have done something even against Allah Ta'ala's desires, 
Don't be happy because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will twist his heart soon or later, sooner or later against you. So put in mind that Allah is the one subhanahu wa ta'ala deserves to be looking for his satisfaction subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the others, no problem. If they are satisfied, alhamdulillah, otherwise qadur. But that concludes the case and here we have tonight. Inshallah and uh, hopefully inshallah next week we'll start the other chapter, number 33. If you have any questions, I'll be happy to discuss. Good thing is that next week also we're talking about the uh, tawakkul or reliance, which is the same possible case, which is we have already started tonight. If you have any questions, I'll be happy to hear from you. Yes, Allah. It's good in the end of it. Yeah. Yani, whatever happens to you by the, the order of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or the qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the, the, the destiny of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in your life, whatever. Remember, if, it, if you have done your best and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is putting the, this tragedy on you, it means that Allah likes you. Because what is the reward of this? What is the reward of the patience of this tragedy? Big reward. Big reward. Yes. Of course, yes. Doesn't mean we accept and sleep. Ah, that's a good point. Senior Allah is not a very important point in here. That if we have a tragedy, doesn't mean we say, okay, from Allah I'll accept it and I sleep at home. No. I'll accept it, I thank Allah for it, then I'll try to change it if I can. An example, tomorrow morning I go to work, I find a paper, Abu Musa, you are fired. It's a tragedy because this is my salary and my... Huh? I do not like this, I do not like it as a case, but I thank Allah however. And I ask Allah to take care of me, then probably inshallah, few days later or few months later, I will find a better work with a higher salary. So, that's in dunya, but what is the reward of it in the judgment day? In your book, in the judgment day, you will find that if you thank Allah for whatever he gives you, even if they are tragedy, that means Allah is raising up your account in the judgment day in your book. So it is good. Whatever comes from Allah is good. Because Muhammad said in the hadith, وَالشَّرُّ لَيْسَ إِلَيْكَ Bad things is not for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whatever comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, tragedies, problems, this, that, may be sure, 100%, with a certain dogma that it is good for us. But we didn't know how it was. You wanted to have some work, and you did your best to have this job, because a lot better than your job now, but you couldn't. Don't be, don't be sad. Don't be sad because Allah knows better, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Maybe if, we got, if you got that job, you'll be in bad trouble with Allah, wa ta'ala. A person who doesn't have children, he did, he did his best to have children, but he couldn't. Be sure with a certain dogma that Allah, wa ta'ala, is giving him the best. Maybe he's, if he have, have children, he will be lost. These children will hurt him, will do that, will do that. Same thing as the case we always remember. Because it's mentioned in the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the case of that man who wanted Muhammad to make dua for him. He was Sahaba. He was Sahaba. He was in the masjid most of the time. They called him the pigeon of the masjid. He was always in the masjid. And he came to Muhammad and said, Ya Rasulullah, make dua for me that Allah gives me, uh, give me more money. I want money. So Muhammad advised him, say, yani, very little you can control, better than a lot you cannot control. He kept silent. Then later on he said, Ya Rasulullah, make dua. Because the dua of Muhammad is directly accepted by Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala. He tried again, but Muhammad answered him the same way. Third time, okay, fourth time, Muhammad made dua for him. 
and he got a lot of money, got a lot of sheep, a lot of camels, and this and that, then he ended up to be a hypocrite. Yeah. Because he got too busy with this money, until he left Medina, he took far away to find the grass for his animals. He never, he, he cannot attend Salah with Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa he cannot attend Jumu'ah and the others. Then later on, when Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sent him someone to collect zakah from him, he refused. He refused. He became a hypocrite. That's what Allah told us in his holy book. وَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ عَاهَدَ اللَّهَ لَنْ آتَانَ مَنْ فَضْلِهِ لَنْصَدَّقَنَّ وَلَنْكُنَّ مُصَارِحِينَ فَلَمَّا آتَانَ مَنْ فَضْلِهِ لَنْصَدَّقَنَّ That man was a picture of the masjid. He was counted as Sahaba. But because he wanted something he doesn't, he cannot control. Like some people have the hadith, uh, I don't know how strong it is, but there's a hadith, Qudsi hadith, that some, the meaning of it, that Allah is saying that some of my slaves is not, is, is, is not good except for authority. And if they become rich, they become bad. And some of my slaves are not good all except for wealthy. As they become poor, they become bad. So whatever Allah gives you, be satisfied, do your best to deal with it. And that's actually, that's really a smart way. Don't try to gain what the people have. What you have is enough, do your best to يعني, invest it in the correct way. Not only to have more money, invest, uh, investment in here, is not to have more money but to have more ajr, more reward. Because one day, Ma'as-Salama, the guy who died, Abu Musa, Ma'as-Salama, he's dead. What is he going to do? Have you ever seen somebody going to the graveyard, taking some money with him? Or taking the, the, the checkbook, so in the grave he'll make When you go to your grave, nothing goes with you. Even your own clothes. Only one clothes for five riyadh and here in riyadh are free also in Rajhi Masjid or Drehmiya Masjid they give you free put you in this five and yalla in the grave and the, the closest people to you will be happy to throw some soil on you on your head because this is sunnah when you go to the graveyard you put somebody in the grave and you cover the lahd with the person so what you need is to carry some three times soil into his side of his head. This is Sunnah. MashaAllah. So if ask your wife, beloved wife, to stay with you in the grave because you are alone, nobody will stay there. Not the wife, not the children, not the money. Even the money, will not, they, will not, they will not let you take it. So in this case, we should all think about investment in the judgment day. What are we going to see in our book in the judgment day? That's the case. Yes, brother. Huh? Where about it? Okay. Uh, Ulam actually discussed this so many times, like the Qayyim, Rahimahullah, and the others, and some of them they classify it to three or four, uh, whether it's directly from Allah, like Kalam Allah Musa Taklima, and Muhammad talked, Allah talked to Muhammad Sallallahu in the uh, Mi'raj. Or through the messenger, which is the, the angel messenger, Jibreel alayhi salam, or through manam, dreaming. But that is, of course, uh, part of 46, as Muhammad told us, 46 parts of wahi. Or through ilham, 
يعني not really know he, he just comes to his mind that it is this is the case but however nobody dreams in wahi now be careful because shaitan may drug people say okay well why can't I try to reach uh, the extremist truth is usually what they do they try to trick people saying okay why do you have to be a regular Muslim come will upgrade you to become huh, to the reach the point of seeing Allah talking to Allah directly no hijab between you and Allah mashallah let's see how is that okay first of all you have to go 40 days in a dark room with very limited water very limited food no sleeping a lot of liquor hey hey who who these things huh? after 40 days of this he will talk he will receive wahi but from shaitan from shaitan yes that's natural because what do you expect from a person after this he will have hallucination so if shaitan talks to him he thinks that Allah that's what happens some people who go to the grave when they come to the grave and they talk to the grave asking him with a lot of khushu' he may receive discussion he may receive somebody talking to him from the grave is this possible? yes this happened I have, I have a friend of mine he told me that he was in one of these Muslim countries I don't want to give names he was a Sufi extremist Sufi he used to go to the grave of such and such Khalandar Baba and he used to ask him and talk to him and cry to him he said one day he answered me he answered me and he talked to me and he said okay what you want is already in your house and when I went back home I found what he told me Allahu Akbar Allah and Awliya Allah Ila Khawfun Alihim Walahum Yahdanun Wali Kabir Hala I just asked my father at home what a smart shaitan did this now when this guy brings this story which is true people will believe Hala see I requested this Khalandar Baba to give me and I found it at home he gave me what I want. So he's alive in his grave. He talked to me. He's alive. Poor guy. Poor Muslim. He is tricked by shaitan so simple. Didn't you think that jinn, which is devil shaitan, can talk to him? Easy. Pretty simple. If he is going to gain a lot of people falling into polytheism, he will get. Then you think this was this wahi or this is what? Allahu Akbar, this guy is talking to me. This good person, this wali of Allah, is talking to me. Allahu Akbar, that's a big case. Then he, because of this story, a lot of good Muslims will be tricked also and they will fall into polytheism because of this. And they will go sacrifice for the grave. They will go to ask the grave instead of Allah. If you have any sickness, don't go to hospital. No need. Such and such grave will just touch the soil of the grave, put it in your khalas. You are okay. And poor Muslims, they accept such stories. So, we don't need actually to go so far for your question in here in the case of what are the tasks of wahi because we are not going to receive any but we should learn it because this is part of our deed what we have to concentrate in is how to satisfy Allah we should have our aim and our goal to satisfy Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala how we do this we should learn from these people who are doing this management system you want to do something a far away goal make the plan or sub plan first plan is I will do this first plan is then I will end up inshallah with the satisfaction of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala before I die that's what I want how much we do how many plans we do for our life for dunya getting money having land and you say okay inshallah during this five years I'll get some money inshallah I'll start to buy the land next five years inshallah I will start to build the house to build the house 
the after five years, inshallah, I'll have the house already uh, furnished and ready. And ma'asalama, khalas. I have, mashallah, my full house. We are dreaming, maybe this is tomorrow. But if we do it the other way around, we say, okay, I've planned these five, five years or ten years or whatever, whatever years, I'm planning to do such and such good things. I'm going to learn during this year some of my deen. And when I learn this, I also make da'wah for this. I'll practice it, of course, before, then I'll make da'wah for it. So whoever receives one word from me in this deal, and he's going to do this practice until others, I'm gaining also some good deeds. That's the plan. That's the, the, the smart plan to do. Because compare the richest person in this world with the poorest person in this world. They are eating differently, of course, and they are going to the battle. The same. What this rich person ate and what this person, poor person ate ended up to the battle. This is dunya, as Muhammad gave us in the hadith. This is the dunya. Whatever you eat, you eat kafiyar, I think kafiyar is, 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 is the eggs of uh, fish. One kilo for 10,000 riyal. Anybody want to eat this right? So, all you eat, one bread for riyal, one riyal. That's it. It will up to the battle. That's it. Not, no difference. But actually, there is a big difference. Because the one who is eating only very limited food for very limited money and he is taking the rest of the money to put it in his bank on the judgment day, that's the smart one. While the other one who is spending millions of dollars in his stupid desires, bad desires in the western countries or that country or that other country, he is actually putting more bad deeds on his scale on the judgment day. Now who is the smart one? Sir, yes, too. Yes. Every messenger. That's why Ibrahim السلام, was not told directly by the Wahi from Allah Taala to kill his son. He only saw a dream. But because messengers and, and prophets they do not have wrong dreams or fake dreams like us, they directly do it. Ibrahim السلام, came to his son to kill him. The only son. After eighty years, he is having only one son. Hardly after eighty years. But he came to kill it, because of a dream. Uh, I heard there was a story in India, was it India? Some people say that they saw a dream to kill all of these people, so they killed a lot of people just because of their dream. I heard this story happened, I don't know if it was in India or somewhere. I can't remember. However, uh, also uh, in the United States, the Mormons, I think they saw a dream, and they killed everybody in there because the, the dream says that you have to kill all the group, so they killed the old they are trying to see to be a prophet. Dreams actually could be true, could be fake for us, for messengers and prophets, as you said, it's true only to Jesus. Jazakumullah khair for listening. We'll see you inshallah next week.